0: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Rink Talk, the podcast for everyone who loves backyard rinks, outdoor skating, and a cold winter's day. I'm Robert McClemon. On today's episode, I'm going to have author, musician, and CBC personality Grant Lawrence, who's going to talk about the coldest winter in Vancouver in 40 years and how he was able to build his backyard rink of dreams. I'll also be speaking with Chuck Temple. He is the illustrator of the Brady Brady children's book series. If you have kids who love to read and who love to skate, chances are you know exactly who I'm talking about. Stay tuned. to the podcast. You were just listening to original music that was composed for us by Waterloo-based composer Keenan Reimer-Watts, and the music was performed by Clarissa Webb and Ryan Dougal. You'll be hearing more of Kenan's music throughout the podcast. I'll be talking later in this episode to Chuck Temple, who, as I mentioned in the pre-roll, is the illustrator of the Brady Brady children's book series, very popular with the younger skating crowd. But my first interview concerns a backyard rink in Vancouver, B.C., Now, if you know much about Vancouver's climate, you're probably aware that outdoor skating and backyard rinks aren't terribly common out there. But the winter of 2016-2017 was so cold, my first guest was able to build his backyard rink of dreams. He is author, musician, and CBC personality Grant Lawrence. Hey, Grant, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Robert. Thank you very much for having me. Listen, I came across a, a story in the Vancouver Sun about a backyard rink in Vancouver, BC, and it happened to be yours. Now, that's not exactly something that we associate with, you know, uh, outdoor skating in Vancouver. Could you tell me about it?
1: Yeah, you know, it's all because of my son, um, who was three years old at the time, and now he's four. I, I would never really have considered the prospect of building a backyard rink or doing anything like that you know i'm you know vancouver winters are generally green and they're generally very mild with lots of rain and my son my three-year-old son uh, loves a a series of children's hockey books called brady brady uh, which is about this young uh, hockey obsessed boy who plays hockey for all the right reasons he's got great sportsmanship and Uh, teaches you know it was all about inclusion and gender balance on the teams and all this kind of stuff and uh, my son Josh just loves it and in the books Brady Brady has a backyard rink because he lives in some sort of winter wonderland in the east and he looks after his rink every day and it's got the hardest and the fastest ice in the neighborhood and so my three-year-old son looked up at me and said, Dada, could we build a backyard rink? And I said, oh, Josh, you know, we live in Vancouver. You know, Vancouver is very close to the ocean. It's it's not a cold place. And he persisted. And I think he first started asking me like in the middle of the summer. Then he persisted and he persisted and he persisted. And winter came. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, I look at the, the forecast and I see – You know, there's about five or six days where it's like a high pressure ridge in December and it's supposed to get down to, you know, like minus six, minus seven, minus eight. And I thought, gee, you know, maybe this is possible. I mean, water freezes below freezing. So that's where the whole kind of idea came from. And uh, the application was something altogether different.
0: Now, um, had you grown up with backyard rinks? Did you have past experience or did you, you know, learn about this on the Internet? How would you go about actually building one?
1: Well, I had absolutely zero experience with backyard rinks. Uh, So, you know, my history in the winter, skating outdoors, if I was lucky enough, I would skate on lakes or rivers. My parents are from the east, so I would skate on lakes in Quebec and rivers in Manitoba uh, and sometimes lakes in the interior of BC in my youth. But no, no backyard rinks have ever been uh part of our history at all. And uh, so I didn't know what to do. And so I I went online, of course, as we do in 2017, and I Googled it. And, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure I put in, like, easiest way to make a backyard rink Because I was thinking, like, you know, it doesn't have to be elaborate. The kid's three years old, and he can skate. He's been on skate since he was two. And so there was a bunch of videos that popped up, and most of them were from, of course, eastern colder climates. And basically it looked like the easiest possible version involved – Essentially, four two by sixes, you know, two long ones and two shorter ones, and then as big a tarp as you can find. What you do, I read online, is you add, uh, you know, night one, you add an inch of water. So the big mistake that a lot of people do when they're making backyard rinks is they get their two by sixes or they get whatever, and they just immediately fill it up with like six or eight inches of water. Well, that will take a long, long, long time to freeze, especially when you're only dealing with a few degrees below zero. So you add an inch at a time, just like a puddle, right? Like puddles are the first thing to freeze because there's not a lot of water in them. So I added an inch of water and, uh, with the garden hose. And then the next morning, lo and behold, it was frozen. And it was a beautiful, bright, sunny day. And so I added another inch of water. It froze too. And then on the third day, I added the the third inch of water. It froze. And within I you know, I'm pretty sure it was either within, I think it was within either two days or three days of starting the entire project that my three-year-old son Josh was skating on the backyard rink with his hockey stick, you know, with the net set up, everything within three, I think two or three days. So it was, it was considered the miracle on ice in East Vancouver because no one had any memory of it ever being done before. And of course, my son, Josh, is just kind of like par for the course. You know, it's in my book, and now here it is in my backyard. And he was excited, but, you know, he just kind of was like, yeah, Dad made this.
0: And how long did it actually last? How long could you keep this thing going?
1: Well, that was the really amazing thing. Uh, you know, who knew? That the year I I was you know pestered into uh, building a backyard rink, who knew that it would be Vancouver's coldest weather coldest winter on record in 40 years. So I thought you know usually when Vancouver gets a cold snap and we do get a cold snap every couple of years, it'll it'll be a high pressure ridge so sunny blue sky. And temperatures like minus five, minus six, minus seven. It'll last for like a week tops. And so it it kept going and it kept going and it kept going and it kept going. And And so the backyard rink that I expected to be kind of a you know a maybe a five-day novelty before it turned into a slush pile lasted right through December, right through Christmas. And well into January, I think it was a total of about a month to six weeks this rink existed. And we were not only skating on it on early December, but we were skating on it on Christmas Day. And everybody found out about it. So, you know, the media started showing up. And I mean, it was kind of like, you know, a winter version of Field of Dreams. You know, I had like visions of you know, Gordie Howe stepping out of the hedge and, you know, that kind of thing. And the, you know, neighborhood kids would come around and it was just like, um, it was this really amazing experience. You know, it's kind of, uh, it's choking me up a bit because thinking back on it, you know, I get emotional really easily. I, I cry at donut commercials, but, um, it, You know, seeing all those kids showing up, you know, it was like you just don't get to do that in Vancouver. And so it was part of this, you know, Canadian heritage that a lot of us in Vancouver never got to experience. And all of a sudden it just happened. And uh, the media exposure was crazy. And what we ended up doing was as the rink lasted longer and longer... We, you know, we set up benches and the nets actually froze right into both ends. And then, uh, we had, uh, we, we set up an outdoor fireplace, which is, I think illegal, but, uh, it was one of those kind of, um, cast iron potbelly stove type things. And we just fill it with wood and so after kids were skating we'd have hot chocolate and s'mores and and so the nighttime in our yard was just kind of like a community gathering place for friends and neighbors and everybody just kind of wanted to to experience the novelty of it to to strap on skates outside in Vancouver and skate around on this little rink
0: that that is as beautiful grant I mean it I, that's exactly what I was thinking when you were speaking was you know if you build it, they will come, it really is like a Canadian version of field of dreams um, yeah and and your kid must have just felt like he was Brady Brady,
1: he did, but you know the funny thing was is is I as the weather like stretched on and on and on, I kept you know I kept going out to the rink pretty much every single night you know i'd I'd maintain it like i'd I'd clean it, I'd do the shoveling of all the you know, the, the carvings, and then I would uh, flood it each night, which was kind of a almost a zen-like experience, you know. Uh, it's something I had never experienced, but I'm sure other people that have um, built these rinks, you know, it's like, you know, uh, watching a Zamboni can be somewhat um, hypnotic. And flooding the rink was that too. I mean, we we lit the rink, so we'd have a couple of floodlights on it, and it was very beautiful, just very, very beautiful when the when the warm water and that's something else I learned I, I I posted my progress on Instagram, on my Instagram account, and people from the east would would chime in with tips, and they'd say, "Oh man, if you want a smooth sheet, you know don't use the hose water, you know, pour uh, warm water on it from the bathtub or whatever." So I would do that and sure enough, the next morning, it would be smooth as silk. But my son kind of got bored with it after a while, you know, after, you know, he was on it every day for two weeks. And then it was kind of like, Hey, Josh, you want to go back out the rink? He's like, ah, I think I'm gonna stay inside. I'm like, Josh, there's a bunch of kids on the rink. He's like, I'm just gonna play in here. You know, so he kind of got a little bit bored with it. But, uh, It was fun while it lasted, and it warmed for a little while and got a little slushy, but then the temperature plunged again, and the rink came back. Everyone thought it was over, because that's what people deal with in Vancouver all the time. And it came back again, and so uh, it just went on and on and on. You're right
0: about the Zen thing. I hear uh, moms and dads say this all the time, you know, on a nice cool evening, and a little bit of snow falling maybe, and you're standing there with the flood in the rink, and it's just, you know, you're at one with the universe kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, if I were to ever do it again, I would uh, I'd do a few things differently. I would put that tarp down first, then the frame. Uh, my yard has a tiny bit of a slope to it. And of course, water <laughs> settles flat no matter what. And so because my yard had a little slope to it, uh, there was more water piled up on one side of the rink than the other. So I'd get a I get a two by eight or a two by ten for one side and a two by six for the other to compensate for the slope of the yard. I didn't think of that. And the other thing I would do is I would I'd make it bigger. You know, I'd use my my yard is a, about thirty feet wide, and I only made the rink. I think I only made it about twenty five feet by. 12 feet or something like that. And, and I, I definitely make it a because it was possible. I'd make it larger. Cause you know, like the, it was pretty small for adults. We were kind of confined to little figure eights. So we could only take about three strides before hitting the end boards. So if you get a, another
0: cold winter this year, are you going to give it another, another try.
1: Yeah, I still have all the supplies. Uh, you know, another dumb, dumb, dumb thing I did was when we finally decided, okay, you know, it's time to, it's time to, to pack up the rink, uh, there was still lots of ice. And I thought, okay, well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pack this up. It's been great, but it's been going on a long, long time. And uh, so I, I had to break up the ice. And it was thick, like really, really thick. So I used a pickaxe to break up the pieces and, uh, you know, cause the top was all slushy and it wasn't really skatable anymore, but the, the, and there was no, it was clear that things were warming up, but the ice was so thick that it was going to take a long time to melt. My wife wanted the yard all cleaned up. So I took a pickaxe to break the ice into these big chunks. And I would warn against that because a couple of times my swings were so, uh, well, I, I swung the pickaxe so hard that the pickaxe went right through the ice, like six inches of ice, and and unfortunately pierced the tarp. So I'm going to have to now get another massive tarp uh, the next time I attempt this, if our weather ever gets cold enough uh, to do it again. I mean, you know, that was once in 40 years. Now, people are saying, oh, there's going to be more erratic summers and more erratic winters. So I don't know. We'll see. But I'll be ready. Now uh although you're kind of new to the
0: rink making business, uh you're not new to hockey, are you? I mean, I know that you've written a book about uh I think it's called The Lonely End of the Rink. Could you tell me about that?
1: Yeah, that that book is about my uh my conflicted relationship with hockey, kind of my love-hate relationship with hockey. Um to to let you know, I I love hockey and I I've been on a beer league hockey team uh for uh, i don't know seventeen seasons or something like that we're called the flying bees I'm the goalie uh, I'm not a great goalie, but we've we've managed to win I think one two three I think we've won four championships over those seventeen years, four or five championships, so we've had a lot of success in my opinion and it was something I never would have predicted me doing as a child because the conflict that I had with hockey was that I was bullied out of the game. At a, at a young age. And it's something that I had a really hard time dealing with because, you know, I'd watch Hockey Day in Canada as a little kid and I'd see all these handsome, swaggering uh, superheroes, you know, like Esposito and Orr and, and Makita and all these amazing players, Williams out in Vancouver in the 80s and Stan Smeal. And, and, these guys were tough, but they were always smiling and they'd be hugging each other, and, and they just seemed really cool and friendly to me. And unfortunately, the, the bigger kind of jock kids in my elementary school who wore the hockey jackets were anything but cool and friendly. Uh, they, they picked on the smallest kids, uh, kind of law, you know, survival of the fittest, and I was the smallest kid. I still really wanted to play hockey, and uh, of course, back then the smallest kid was made to be goalie. The runts were the goalies, so I was forced into the goalie position. And then, in kind of a weird Stockholm syndrome, I've just always now played goalie. It's funny though because the position of goalie has completely changed. I mean, now they like the 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 tallest guy on the team is is sometimes the goalie. We've we've got these huge goalies in Vancouver now six five and six six it used to be the little little guy position things really changed
0: and now that you're a, a an adult looking back on that um, or maybe you know thinking of your own kid if he goes into organized hockey or something like that do, do you think that these things still happen happen you know the bullying and so on or are we more aware of what's going on in that sort of thing or or you know what would you suggest to parents or coaches who who see this or think it might be going on
1: well i would like to hope that things have changed since the the 70s and 80s that there is a lot more awareness that there is a lot more acceptance you know i was an arty nerdy kid who loved hockey and that was a little bit different um i was bullied out of it uh which was a real shame and and really disillusioned me and i thought okay well I'm going to go into the arts because that's where the cool people are and the accepting people of a freak freak and a geek like me. And jocks were just cookie cutter, you know, to to pardon my French, but assholes. And then so later in life, you know, as I matured, I realized that there was this one sort of piece of my life missing, which was hockey. I never was able to really fulfill playing hockey on a team, which is why we formed – the beer league hockey team and our team, the flying Bees, are made up mostly of people like me who kind of was pushed out of the game for one reason or another. Uh, so we're, there's a lot of artists, comedians, musicians, uh, poets. Luckily we have a few doctors on the team, that kind of thing. And it's a wonderful, wonderful team. And I count those guys as some of my best friends in my whole life. Uh, now to your question with parents, I think, you know, I'm a parent of a young kid who just is totally obsessed with hockey. And he's a tough little guy. He's a lot different than me. He's very naturally athletic and he's pretty tough. And he's asking me all the time. He's four years old. He's asking me, like, you know, about, you know, who can I punch? I'm like, well, Josh, we're not really supposed to be. Punch me. Like, don't punch anybody but me. But you can punch me. If we're play fighting, and so I can tell he's pretty aggressive. So we're gonna have to watch very, very closely that there isn't some sort of horrible irony unfolding of like, you know, the the geek nerd, you know, producing the bully kid. So I think that's the the advice I would give: is just read your kids really, really carefully. You know, make sure that they're not showing bullying uh, traits, and on the flip side. Read your kid to make sure they're not being bullied. Don't ignore the signs. You know, if your kid is cowering in the corner and shaking like a leaf and not wanting to go to some sort of recreational activity, chances are he's not, you know, he or she is not wimping out. It's, there's something going on on a social level uh, that, that is freaking your kid out. And and that's something that needs to be addressed and something that needs to, to be sympathized and emphasize. Um, uh, you, you need empathy dealing with these situations, not just corralling your kid into it. So I would just say read your kids, read your kids, read your kids.
0: Now you got pushed out of hockey and so you didn't end up on CBC Hockey Night in Canada but you do appear on CBC quite a bit for your you know you got pushed into the arts and it's obviously worked out really well for you. Uh what are some of the cool things that you're working on right now?
1: Yeah, well that that's actually one of the amazing things is the way life kind of comes around. I mean my my wife is a singer her name's Jill Barber and one of her biggest fans is Ron McLean uh from hockey Night in Canada. And so he he has put me on Hockey Night in Canada. He gave me a really great shout out on Hockey Night in Canada during the uh, one of the incredible Vancouver Chicago series of uh, you know seven eight years ago now. So in a weird way, I did end up on Hockey Night in Canada, and then Ron McLean was very supportive of that book, uh, The Lonely End of the Rink, uh, giving me what's called in the business a blurb, you know, a nice little description of the book that we were able to put on the cover and you know to be able to put ron McLean, hockey night in canada on the cover of your book is is a pretty big deal so thanks to ron if you're listening but projects i'm working on right now uh i have a new book out it's called dirty windshields it's a rock and roll book uh it's all about my touring years and my band the smugglers it's very sordid and wild and filthy uh i'm also At the CBC, working on a big new project with music classes. It's called the the Canadian Music Class Challenge, where music classes from across the country learn a Canadian song and film themselves doing it and submit it to us for judging. And we even have the uh, CBC Olympic theme in there as well that the kids can learn. And if their performance of the Olympic theme is really great, uh, we'll actually play them on the Winter Olympics on the CBC telecast uh, in February uh, for the Winter Games that are coming up, and uh, and then is there anything else I'm working on? I think that just you know the flying V's are back in action. My beer league hockey team. Listen, uh,
0: is there a website where people can uh, track down your work
1: and what you're what you're doing these days? Absolutely, there is GrantLawrence.ca or uh, GrantLawrence.ca/slash/writing is where you can find my books and I sell them directly. um, My publisher sells them through my website so that I can uh, sign the books for anyone who orders them.
0: Grant Lawrence, it's been a real pleasure having you on the podcast. I hope we can check in with you again this winter if you happen to build a rink.
1: Robert, I really appreciate you having me. Uh, It brought back a lot of emotion uh, talking about that whole experience. So thanks for bringing me back to that.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure and thank you. That was Grant Lawrence. He joined me via Skype from Vancouver, British Columbia. As you heard him say in the previous interview, my guest Grant Lawrence was inspired to build his backyard rink in Vancouver by his son, who in turn was inspired by none other than Brady Brady, a precocious fictional seven-year-old who has a great big beautiful rink in his backyard. And we thought it'd be a nifty idea to interview Chuck Temple, the person who brings Brady Brady to life by illustrating the children's book series of the same name. Here's an interview I recorded with Chuck in September 2017. My next guest is Chuck Temple. He is an illustrator and co-author of the Brady Brady children's book series. If you've never heard of Brady Brady, he's a seven-year-old boy who just loves his backyard rink and outdoor skating and playing hockey. Chuck, welcome to the podcast.
2: Oh, thanks, Robert, very much. Thanks for having me. Well, I
0: gave a quick intro of who Brady Brady is, but could you tell people who are not familiar with
2: him, you know, who is this kid? Sure, yeah. Well, actually, you coined it very well. He's a seven-year-old, loves sports, in particular, he loves hockey. Uh, Brady Brady started in uh, the year 2000. The first book uh, uh, for Brady came out in 2000. Mary Shaw is the author, and uh, the series developed basically – so we've got 15 books out right now about Brady Brady, this hockey-loving individual, and and it started basically with uh, Mary – uh, wanting to uh, write a story that her own son, Brady, would be interested in reading.
0: And so how about the Brady Brady, the extra name?
2: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. The first book, actually, if you uh, if you were to pick up the first book that we created, uh, going back in 2000, called Brady Brady and the Great Rank, uh, about the first paragraph or so in the book, explains why everybody has to call him Brady Brady. It's because... He's so uh, enthralled with uh, with sports and with hockey uh, that to get his attention, most people have to call him twice.
0: Sounds like some kids I know. Uh, and uh, so, tell us about the the journey you've been on with Brady Brady. Um, has he been successful, popular within Canada, abroad? What what's you know what's been the public reception to Brady Brady?
2: Well, we have a uh, Robert. We have a huge following in Canada for sure, and it's it's primarily obviously because. Uh, you know, uh, Brady loves our national sport, hockey. So uh, we started, as I said, in 2000. And uh, from then, we, we've been basically picking up uh, momentum. Um, the first uh, two books were released in 2000, first being Brady Brady and the Great Rank, followed by Brady Brady and the Runaway Goalie. Uh, and that was quickly followed by two additional hockey books. So uh, within the first year or so, uh, we had four books out. And that is now... Uh, progressed into a total of 15 books, uh, 12 of which are in hockey. And we've been gathering, uh, gathering uh, momentum and, and uh, gathering a, a following uh, since then. Uh, so much so, actually, uh, you know, we've had professional hockey teams. Uh, Montreal Canadiens are doing a, uh, a reading program with Brady Brady. Uh, Calgary Flames are about to uh, launch a reading program with Brady Brady. Um, and, uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's picked up uh, steam and we're now actually into the, uh, the United States as well. We distribute there as well.
0: And, uh, as the illustrator, you, you talked about the very first book was about Brady Brady's great rink. So could you describe, uh, both the rink and how you went about, uh, illustrating this rink?
2: Yeah. So, so Mary came up with a, just an amazing concept for the first story, um, the idea really was, uh, and she's she's done a, just a, a remarkable job on all the books in terms of developing, so Mary Shaw is the author, developing a, a moral message or a, a strong message behind every book. Uh, so in this particular book, the very first one, it was all about uh, motivation and perseverance. So the idea behind that book was that uh, Brady uh, was inspired uh, to make his own backyard rink and, of course, got very frustrated uh, for, for a number of reasons. The, uh, the weather was against him. Um, a number of things, uh, uh, you know, came along and, and uh, uh, created some problems for him. But he persevered through that. And at the end of the story, towards the end of the story, um, you know, all of his teammates, everyone comes over uh, based on a power outage in the uh, local rink and actually plays their, uh, their tournament game or their, their league game on the backyard rink. So that was the premise behind this, that, that first story.
0: So did you know, Chuck, that uh, Brady Brady and his struggles with his rink inspired CBC TV and radio personality Grant Lawrence to build a backyard rink in Vancouver last winter when the winter conditions got unseasonably cold, and his, his little guy said, I want a rink just like Brady Brady. Had you heard that story? Well,
2: as a matter of fact, Robert, yeah, that's great. You mentioned that uh, I did get that story last year. Um, Mary had actually sent it to me as a link, so I uh, I watched it. Uh, and that's the, that's the stuff, to be honest with you, that really motivates Mary and I to see that uh, you know the books have had that kind of uh, outreach and and that kind of effect on uh, you know young readers and and obviously and parents as well because. They're involved in terms of uh, developing and making the rings. But, yeah, I I saw that story and was really excited about it.
0: That's why we thought we would interview you uh, and place your clip after uh, Grant Lawrence's on this podcast. Uh, Is that sort of typical of the type of reaction that Brady Brady generates from its readers?
2: Well, actually, you'd be amazed. We get all kinds of email. Uh, We've got uh, things over the years where we've had... uh, Parents email us uh, telling us how much they like the series. Uh, Really excited about the fact that they have these moral messages in the books. We've actually even had uh, people email us and say that they've named their their dog Hattrick after the series. And in fact, we've even had uh, a parent email us one year and send us a picture of a newborn uh, and said that uh, they actually named their their baby after the book series, Brady, Brady.
0: How do you you physically and then sort of, I guess, uh, mentally prepare yourself when you go into your studio to illustrate uh, Brady, Brady?
2: Well, it always starts with a great script from Mary. And I mean, uh, that's absolutely pivotal. And so... Uh, When I see a script that she's prepared, it might be four or five pages, you know, I'll go through it and I'll I'll basically look at it and see, read each paragraph, uh, you know, uh, individually and I'll go, what can I hook into from a visual perspective here? And in fact, sometimes uh, Mary, she's great, what she'll do is she'll offer suggestions on, you know, I'd like to see this in this paragraph. I think a big motivator, though, Robert, was years ago, you know, we used to uh, play hockey on our uh, local street. We didn't have a I didn't have a backyard rink. Would have loved to have had a backyard rink. Uh, We had a swimming pool and I tried uh, desperately to get my dad to turn it into a backyard rink uh, each year. But he uh, resisted that. But we had a great group of kids uh, in our neighborhood that used to play uh, street hockey. And it was almost a daily event. And I had a dog. Uh, his name was Sam. So the the characters, uh, to a certain extent, in the books are modeled after my experiences as a, as a kid. Uh, and I know the stories for, for Mary. Um, her son and her kids have motivated her for years uh, in terms of storylines and ideas for, for the books. The thing I always say about Mary is that she's very knowledgeable about hockey. She's uh, She's a uh, hockey mom. Her son's name, Brady, of course, and he plays hockey in the U.S. at a university. And her husband is a former NHL player. He played for the Ottawa Senators and he also played for St. Louis. And he's currently an assistant coach in the NHL.
0: So what, what's next with Brady Brady? Is he going to stick to hockey or is he playing other sports now? Is he ever going to grow older? Or will he always be seven years old?
2: Well, I think, I think we're going to keep them in the seven-year-old range. Um, there's always a new group of uh, four- to seven-year-olds uh, coming up, and, and I think we've really hit a target audience here. Uh, so we're going to stay in that demographic. Uh, really what we'd like to do, obviously, is expand into some other sports, and we've already started that migration. Uh, you know, we've got two books uh, currently in baseball around Brady Brady, and we also have a football story. Um, but they all stayed true to that uh, original theme of uh, sports and treat, uh, basically teaching uh, life skills uh, through sport uh, and, and going back to that moral messaging.
0: My final question, Chuck, and I'm going to put you on the spot here and try to answer for uh, children everywhere, or at least children in areas where you can go skating. What do you think? is it about uh, a backyard rink that is just so magical for a kid Brady Brady's age, a seven-year-old?
2: Well, I, I think the experience of just getting out and enjoying the, uh, you know, the the weather outside. The other thing I think, Robert, which I don't know if we've lost it, but for sure it's changed a lot. Uh, there, there is a lot of excitement in organized hockey for sure, but I think, Uh, one of the things that uh, I think kids really enjoy is going out, learning and experiencing without the pressure of being in in an organized setting. So, uh, you know, it's just fun to lace up a pair of skates, get on the ice, experiment, you know, with a few things. And of course, that's how they learn. Uh, And I should mention, by the way, and And you mentioned, did I grow up with a backyard rink? I I did move from Brantford when I was a kid. I I lived in Brantford up until the age of five. And we had a backyard rink uh, behind us, behind the house. It was uh, on a public school yard. And I do remember going out and playing. My dad played on the bigger rink uh, and, and the boards were there. I could hear them playing and I skated on the outdoor rink adjacent to that and i'll never ever forget that as long as i you know as long as i live that experience will stay with me chuck temple has been a real pleasure talking to you thanks
0: so much for being on the podcast
2: thanks Thanks, Robbie. i really appreciate the opportunity
0: that was chuck temple joining me from kitchener ontario he is the illustrator of brady brady That just about does it for the first episode of Rink Talk. I'm Robert McClemon. If you liked what you heard today, please share the link to the podcast with someone who you think might also like it. I'd like to thank my guests, Grant Lawrence, who told us all about his backyard Rink of Dreams in Vancouver and a little bit also about hockey bullying and how to prevent it from happening. I'd also like to thank Chuck Temple, who told us all about the great Brady Brady. And I'd also like to thank Keenan Reimer Watts, who composed the music for today's podcast. And I'd like to thank you for joining us. I hope you come back next week for our next episode of Rink Talk.